This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is ABC, Always Be Communicating. Yes. Uh, different than the Jackson 5 song. No, but you could still sing it you if, could. if you want. Uh, also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, the cost of the average date by state, and what we talk is and why it's linked to happier relationships. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who wants to know if it's normal for exes to crawl out of the woodwork once you get engaged, and another listener who wants to know if she should continue sleeping with her coworker. Uh, big questions. Big questions yeah, this week. I figured our guests could handle it. Yeah, but first, I, I feel like a big responsibility answering whether you should continue sleeping with someone, but but we will see <laughs> if we can tackle the job. Uh, but first, we want to welcome this week's guests. They are the married co-authors of the new book, Mr. Nice Guy. Separately, she's a journalist and author, and he is a podcaster and editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Please welcome this week's guests. Jason Pfeiffer and Jennifer Miller. Hey guys. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having us. So your new novel, Mr. Nice Guy, is about two people who sleep together each week and then review each other's sexual performance in competing magazine columns. Very racy, very fun, very exciting. What inspired this story? So it started with me. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I got an email. I was like a community newspaper reporter at that time, but I was doing a bunch of freelance writing for magazines. And I got this email from a sex columnist, a at the time kind of famous sex columnist. I don't know if you guys remember who Julia Allison was. Yeah, is. Of, co- yeah. of course. So, yes. so she had just graduated college and emailed me asking for freelance writing advice. And we, I knew who she was because Wonkette had written about her a million times. And so we just started trading emails, never sexy emails, always like super professional emails. Yes. But in just corresponding with a sex columnist, this idea popped into my head, which was what would happen if two people each week slept together and then critically reviewed each other's performance in a magazine? It just, it was like a funny premise. Like, what do you do with it? Yeah, that is, that would be very funny. Yeah. It'd be like if Carrie Bradshaw was sleeping with a fellow male sex columnist and they reviewed each other's yeah, stuff. Right, yeah, right, right. It's like it's like what would happen if you had sex with someone and then try, like like treated it like a movie that you just saw and like just like, rotten ripped tomatoes. into it. Yeah, <laughs> right, like right. Like how many tomatoes does this sex get? And is that how that works? I don't, I don't know if that's how it's <laughs> Whatever, you get like, like a fresh yeah, rating, yeah. Fresh. Okay, <laughs> clearly I've never gone to the site. Uh, and, uh, and so I tried to write that book many times and I just couldn't because I'm not a fiction writer. And then Awesome Hack, marry a fiction writer. It like cuts right to it. And uh, after Jen sold her most recent novel, she was asking me what I thought she should do. And I was like, you should write my book idea because I'm never going <laughs> to do it myself. And she said, let's do it together. And so it began. How fun. Aww. Did you guys practice it all together? Like reviewing your own sexual? <laughs> no? I mean, it definitely, um, I wouldn't say that we practiced, but, you know, in the process of writing this book, it definitely forced us to talk about our sex lives in a way that we hadn't really done before because, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out, well, what are the certain things that our narrators would be critiquing about each other, you know, like what, you know, what happened last night? And, um, 
you know, well, we're going to write, you write about what you know. So, uh, so we were writing about what happened in bed. Yeah. It probably forced you to be a little more honest. Yeah, absolutely. It forced us to talk about it a lot more than we otherwise would, which is really valuable. Like just just having a reason to be talking about sex with your partner is it turned out to be exceptionally useful. So Angela and I wrote a book together. So we, we have our own experience writing a book together. But people are always like, how do you write a book together? How does that work? Do you just like switch off chapters? Like, how does it work? So we have our own process. But, you know, writing a novel is a whole different beast. Yeah. So I'm curious to know what was your guys' process in terms of writing a novel together? Sure. Well, so we plotted out the book together. So we spent a lot of long car rides and dinners. I think I actually, we, we ruined a vacation to Barbados yeah. by walking up and down the beach um, talking, you know, plot points. Mm-hmm. And because, um, because Jen could not get over her anxiety of needing to replot this thing. Like, just couldn't put yeah. it away for the vacation. Yeah, well, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's hard It's hard to shelve a creative project. Yeah, cannot shelve a creative project. So, um, so we plotted it out together, and then I think we kind of knew from the beginning that I was going to write the majority of the narrative. Um, the book alternates between uh, Lucas, our 24-year-old protagonist who is... Um, very ambitious, new to the New York City, wants to make it in magazines, and completely sexually inexperienced. And Carmen, who is the kind of jaded sex columnist who gives him quite an education. Um, so I wrote most of that. And then Jason wrote all the columns because we wanted to make sure that the actual critiquing was in the book. And I knew that would be his strong suit. So yeah. that's, oh, that's how we broke it down. You just kind of like focus on whose strengths in terms of writing. Yeah, yeah we divided what... it by writing strength. Like, but, like a lot of people thought that we would be dividing it by gender. Like I would write the male stuff and she would write the female, but that just, that didn't really make sense. Like yeah. Not it, that didn't draw upon our, our kind of strengths. So yeah. So I wrote the columns, um, which also meant that I was writing from the perspective of the female columnist criticizing the male columnist. And the only, like, the only way I could think to really do that was to just imagine what prior partners of mine in my would have said about you. Days would have said about me. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. That's, so that's that's what that is. So if you want to know like how bad Jason was at sex when yeah. he was <laughs> in his early twenties, at least you how can... bad Jason thinks he was about sex. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. I was gonna say, did you read them over and were you like, oh, in case you think this is true, it's not? Like, were you encouraging <laughs> during the process? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, I think because you know, you're coming from a male and a female perspective. Like, I think we both kind of ask the other person, like, is this really what a guy would think? Is this really what a woman would think or how they would talk about it? I definitely, um, when writing Lucas, like, needed some help. Because, you know, I have this idea that, like, are men thinking about sex all the time? I don't know. Like, how are they thinking about sex? Like, when they meet a woman for the first time, like, the stereotype is, like, are they looking at their boobs. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. So Jason, help me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, so Lucas was cathartic to write, I'd say, because, so Lucas is dumped into this world here in New York. He moves, he's like split off from his past life. He was engaged and he had a whole predestined career for him. And I did something slightly similar. I came to New York after a nine-year relationship and came here to, like, make a living in magazines. So we had we were at similar places, like me when I was 28 and Lucas when he was 24. So I, I just kind of channeled a lot of my own failings and neuroses straight into that character. That's That's fantastic. And you could tell that you guys know how to write a good column. Like, I feel like if you hadn't written for magazines, the... 
the sex columns wouldn't have felt so authentic. So yeah, Thanks. It, it, it's it's a really it's a really great book. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Uh, you guys have said though that you never want your three year old to read the book. Yeah. Which oh, we can relate to. We never want our parents to read our book. Wait, or ha- I don't want they? my future have children they? to listen to my podcast. Right, now that you have a baby. Like, I'm like, podcasts won't be around by the time he's a teenager, right? <laughs> if not, Angela, are you cool with us deleting our entire backlog? There's so much information, though, for Rilo. He will learn so much about you and Nick. Nope. Nope. Um, but so, ha- you're a three-year-old. You, yeah. Wait, have your parents... Yeah, have, have your, your parents, parents read? Like, what of your output here have your parents consumed? Um, my mom listens to the podcast every week. My mom does not. She, at least, I, I think she would tell me if she was lying, but she says, I respect that you've asked me not to. I will not listen to it. My sister's the only one in my family that I allow to listen to it. I've gotten into the habit of when we're going to talk about sex stuff, I'm like, mom, hit that button that's like 15 seconds ahead. <laughs> Just keep hitting it. We'll be done soon. So this has already been incredibly embarrassing for us. Um, our Well, Jason's parents read the book. My yeah. parents said they read it, and I think that they started to and couldn't handle it and just pretended that they finished it. Um, we so, so there's an audio book of Mr. Nice Guy coming out, and we read the columns. So Jason read all of Lucas's columns. I read all of Carmen's columns. And we hadn't really looked at the book in a while when we went in to record, and we didn't – we had kind of forgotten that most of the sex – is in or is in, the, is in columns. the columns, yeah, and it's also all in first person. So yeah. you have to like, you really own it. When oh you're my in there. god, it was so, I was cringing as I was reading. <laughs> um, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, we cannot let our parents know that there's an audiobook that we read. It, it's just I can't, I can't. What What was the most uh, scandalized like like tidbit that you had from uh, the book? Like, what was the most embarrassing thing to read? Um, okay, I, I think so. So there's one column that in which Carmen is talking to Lucas about how you should touch a woman's breasts. Oh God! <laughs> and um, and she's pretty like graphic about what she would like, what what she wished that he had done to her breasts. I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want my parents to stumble <laughs> upon enough. this podcast. Um, so so that was like pretty difficult to read just like with the narrative going in the back of my head about like who might find this and hear it. Right. Yeah. So I, so there was a moment when I, we we would, we traded places in the studio. So Jen would go in and into like the little booth and record and I would sit out there and like on a bench watching it. And, uh, and we're with, we're with the studio engineer and some, some woman from Macmillan, the publisher. And at some point it just, it occurred to me how ridiculous this was that we had read this thing and then she's in this booth and like performing it and so I started recording uh, like a video (laughs) and then flash forward to like a month or two later and I was with my sister and her kids and I was telling her about this and she's like oh my god what was that like and so I was like oh I have a video and so I pulled it out and we started playing the video and just just as Jen starts talking about blowjobs like (laughs) like the like four-year-old walks by and we're like oh no stop it and that I feel like that's just what the experience is going to be of this book over and over again it's just colliding with our otherwise non-sexy life yeah well i have to say you guys are in more trouble than i am i uh podcast might not be around in 10 years but your book will be yeah so yeah he's gonna stumble upon it i don't think that he would want to read i mean if your parents had written this book would you ever actually read it actually yeah you would yeah (laughs) yeah i'm pretty nosy (laughs) my um my ex-boyfriend and i also was in a very long relationship eight years prior to meeting jason and his dad actually um, was an author. His dad passed away, so he, it, 
wasn't around for the embarrassment of this. Um, but I remember that Jasper had not read his father's book because the cover was literally a naked woman with like a close up of a vagina. Well, nice. Where was that book sold? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, where where was it sold? I yeah. I mean, it was like a mainstream. It was like literary fiction. Like Thomas Pynchon had blurbed it. Like it was, you know, it was a big deal. But it, you know, Jasper just like couldn't bring himself to like even crack the. Cover. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. Have. I mean, I'm not concerned about Fen Fen's our son uh, reading our novel because I just can't imagine growing up and wanting to hear this stuff from your parents at all. Like. You don't yeah, want to think about true. it. You wouldn't want to try to imagine what's real. You just wouldn't want to touch it. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'm the only sick person here that would be like, yeah, I'm going to read your sex book, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you guys met on OkCupid. Yeah. Who messaged who first? What was the message? What, what you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know the deets. So I was the messenger. Uh, I had moved to New York, as I said, after this nine-year relationship. I wanted to just... I wanted to date with no possibility that the dating was going to turn into anything serious, right? Like we didn't want, I didn't even want to get to run the risk of getting caught. And so, uh, I just went for a while. Um, just saying yes to every okay Cupid date and the, the, the less in common I had with her, the better. And then, <laughs> uh, after a little bit of that or enough of that, I got really, I got bored of it. And I said, okay, I need to at least now sit down with somebody who I think I have something in common with. So there was like a certain, there was like a, like a search bar, I guess, in OkCupid. It's been a while. Uh, and so I just typed in Jewish journalist. Amazing. <laughs> and Jen was the first result. And so I so I what I, I don't know what I messaged her with, but very importantly, I used a semicolon in the message and I used it correctly. And that is the reason that she said yes is to it. Is that okay. true? That is true. Um, we are real we are total nerds. I mean, so so listeners should understand that this was pre-swiping days. Like there was no Tinder. There there you know, this was all on a desktop computer. So um so so the profile and like kind of how you crafted the profile was a really big deal, like especially if you were a writer. And yeah. so, you know, I would get so many messages and I'm sure guys still do this like sup you know, like, like you up, like what do you, whatever, all of the, oh yeah, you know, like not using an apostrophe correctly. Like maybe that makes me sound like, I don't know, I, I like a snob, but you know, I'm a writer. I wanted someone who knew how to put two words together and like using a semicolon, that is like some serious shit. That's like advanced. Yeah. I still so, don't uh, think I use it right. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a copy editor and I don't think I use it right all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like that era of online dating, that was the perfect era for, for us because, because you really had to use words. I mean, right now, if I, if I just had to live or die on photos alone, I'd feel, I'd feel like I was really floating out there. But like I, you got to write this long – it was a long profile. It was like a 2,000-word profile that I had. And then you would message someone, and the expectation was like a long message. I was, I was in my element. Yeah, I really missed the days when OkCupid was king. And it wasn't just like long profiles. You would write like, I don't know about you guys, but I would write like essays back and forth with people that I yes. never even wound up yeah. meeting up with. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to make a comeback, by the way. I've noticed they're sponsoring a bunch of like concerts in New York. Like OkCupid's really? on their deck. They bought like Subway advertising. Oh, yeah. Well, I, just, I just had lunch with the CEO of the parent company, actually. He oh, really? said that they're doing they're doing really well. It took them a while. Like the the change in, in the dating world like really slammed OkCupid, but they've They've gotten back. Well, all four of us in this room have OKCupid to thank for for their relationships. Yeah. Uh, There's something to it. Yeah, that's true. That's how Angela met Ian. I I didn't meet Nick on OKCupid, but he had gone on an OKCupid date with one of my friends. (laughs) And then that's that's how I met him. So 
So we all have OkCupid to thank. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, we are going to talk later on on the podcast more about communicating and sex and love and, of course, their book. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break, and then we're jumping into what's in the news. We would like to thank our sponsor, Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the fastest-growing bedding brand in the world, over 20,000 five-star reviews. And I first found out about Brooklinen from the subway of all places. I saw an ad in the subway, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try them out. I ordered a pair of sheets, loved them, kept ordering more sheets. And, you know, flash forward a couple of years later, they're a sponsor on our podcast. Such a cool thing. They really are my favorite sheets. I have two sets of sheets, and uh, when my Brooklinen sheets are in the wash, I'm just sad. I don't want to go in my bed. Without my Brooklyn and sheets, you know? Really? It's true. Well, don't be sad. Just buy more. <laughs> um, That's simple. It's that simple. Here's why. Uh, Brooklyn's mission uh, is to bring you five-star hotel quality sheets to your everyday life. Luxury sheets without the luxury markup, important to note. Uh, they're sheets that don't, don't just feel great. They look great, too. They got different colors and materials to choose from. You can mix and match. You could buy all the same. Have your sheets match your duvet cover or whatever you're into. My Brooklyn and sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer to our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you visit uh, brooklinen.com and you use our promo code, this is why. Brooklinen is so sure that you'll love their new sheets that they are offering a satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use the promo code, this is why, at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen.com, promo code, this is why. Brooklinen, these really are the best sheets ever. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news for us all to discuss? Okay, so I was reading USA Today. They you have, were. I was. What we, were you doing? We don't usually cover stuff from USA Today, but they they had this piece. It was called Looking for Love, How Much Does the Average Date Cost in Your State by Evan Komen. Uh, and I wanted to know how much the average date was in my state. Well, we're in New York, states. so pretty, probably pretty expensive. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, New York has the highest uh, price for dates. So... They said, according to a survey conducted by online dating service Match.com, the average unmarried American spent $1,596 on dating in 2016. Uh, the average cost of a date today, consisting of two dinners, a bottle of wine, and two movie tickets, adds up to $102.32. I've never been on a date where we've actually bought a whole bottle of wine, though. Mm. Have you guys? Like, we get, like, a glass or a cocktail or a beer, but I've never actually been on a date where the guy's like, and let's pick out a <laughs> bottle of wine. I mean, I think it depends. Are we talking first dates or like, you know, you're into a relationship because buying an entire bottle of wine on a first date is a really risky move. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think this I know. is first. This can't be first dates. There's no way. I mean, oh. it's four glasses of wine, though. I, that's two glasses each. No, Yeah, that's true. It's not that crazy. I guess it's just like. the. Wait, I have. I, I, this is bringing back a memory <laughs> oh, <laughs> of just uh, like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> of the very, very first date I went on when I moved to New York, which was functionally my very first date ever because my girlfriend was from college and that went on. So um, I met her on OkCupid and we went out for dinner on a Friday night, which like, so already don't do that. Right. Like that's how I learned. You don't do the dinner and you don't do the um, weekend night. And then we totally split a bottle of wine and then um, and then we walked around for a long time, and then we got back to our original meeting place. This is so embarrassing to tell this story. Do you know this story? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm curious. And, um, and I didn't know what 
happens at the end of a first date. Okay, they hadn't gone on one, so well, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, what do you think? Is, what, what did you not know that is supposed well, to happen? I said, so we're standing there under this bridge. It's been a really nice time. We had dinner. We walked around, and then she's we're standing, and I said, so do you want to go back to one of our places? Like I just stumbled <laughs> it out, and she. <laughs> She like everything changed, and she was like, "What? What? What are you talking like? That's very..." Fo-. And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's been a, I just it's been a long time <laughs> since I've had a date." She was like, "What do you mean it's been a long time? How long? How long has it been since you had a date?" And I was like, "Well, okay, so um, nine years was that- nine years, and then it spiraled. It was terrible. Oh no! Did oh, you ever God. see her again? No. Oh no! Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it sounds like she was about to hit you with her purse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really it was terrible. But I walked home and I just thought, okay." Don't do that. Like I was like, <laughs> it was a good, it was a good learning experience. Oh, that's amazing. I do hate though that you said before you moved to New York, you thought that you were supposed to buy a dinner on a date, and then New York broke you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that? But is that is that not a rule anywhere else? I, just, I mean, women like getting dinner, but, on a date. but there's so much commitment to the first date that you're like in it, right? Like, don't yeah, you, you want... can't be like, oh, this isn't working out. Right. Bye. Like, you've got to wait for the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got to wait for like. Would you like dessert? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. no. It's true. But if if uh, you like the person, it is a good way to guarantee that they will like you back, I feel. Yeah. I worked on my first date with my boyfriend. He oh, bought me dinner and I was dinner. like, this is so rare. But had you met him before that? No. We oh, met wow. Him. wow. I know. Oh. You were lucky because I also went on a lot of first dates and very quickly realized that like it's better to do like a late afternoon coffee that could then turn into dinner oh. if you don't want to run away screaming after the thir- first 30 seconds. That's, yeah, that's yeah. very strategic Our, our first smart. date was at a bar and Jen almost instantly as soon as we started talking dropped the BS like I got somewhere to be in an hour my friend's gonna call me and then the the call came and then she was like oh no I'm good I'm good and then we stayed it was I oh, felt that's really amazing. good about it yeah. did, did you pick up on what was going on oh, yeah, with instantly. that okay instantly <laughs> but you had a friend that like was supposed to call you at a certain time wait did somebody actually call me yeah Emily called you oh my goodness yeah I think I think so um, and I'm pr- I'd probably pulled that trick before too <laughs> Yeah. I survived. <laughs> That's smart, man. I, I don't think I ever recruited friends. I was just like, okay, got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't need an excuse. Just like I passing just, glass at your phone. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I don't think I even like, like what time it yeah, is. Yeah, I wasn't as polite as you to like actually recruit a friend to help out. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get to the numbers here. What is what is the average cost of a date in New York? Okay. So average cost of a date in New York is based, based on what I said earlier, the bottle of wine, two dinners and movies, uh, $200, I'm sorry, $297 and 27 cents. Uh, that is the highest uh, in the country. Yeah, that's a lot. So very lucky to live here. Um, I stalked you guys and I think I know where you're both from. Uh, Florida. Yes. Hi. Um, Hey, the average cost of a date in Florida is only $128 and 82 cents. That's the 17th highest in the country. Uh, Maryland, mm-hmm. Maryland, the average cost is $209.33. That's the seventh highest. And good old California, where Laura's from, uh, $226.35, which is the fifth highest. So congrats, guys. Uh, we live in the worst place to date. Wait, I, I see <laughs> on your article here, South Dakota, 38 bucks and 27 cents. That is the lowest in the but country. Wait, how the hell in South Dakota are you getting movie tickets, a bottle of wine, and a dinner? Like, what I mean, it this? might not be the best one. Is this two buck chuck? Like, how yeah. are you affording all this anywhere in any state? Because that, that's like a lot on a date. It said the bottle of wine. You've got, what else did they include? The two movie ticket. I mean, two movie tickets is like 
$38 nowadays, right? Here, but Aren't I don't like know. like $15 each? I might go to South Dakota just to see a movie. Yeah, what is this, like the 99 cent theater? Possibly. I mean, South Dakota, hooking it up. Yeah. Um, so I guess next time I get annoyed at a date for not buying dinner, I will remember these numbers. Yeah. Um, what are you reading about? So I've been reading Psychology Today. This is an article by Christopher Berglund. And this is about what we talk is and how the more you do of this thing called we talk, like the better it means your relationship is. So they, uh, he writes, new research suggests that whether you engage in lots of I talk or more we talk could be an indicator uh, or proneness to distress and negative emotionality or healthy interdependence in a romantic relationship. So I talk refers to the frequent use of first person singular pronouns such as I, me, mine when writing or speaking. We talk refers to the frequent use of first person plural pronouns such as we, us, and ours. Do you guys feel like you're in therapy yet? (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot to digest. That was a lot to digest, right? (laughs) Okay, so uh, they, they did apparently the largest ever analysis of we talk used by romantic partners, and it suggests that the frequent use of we and us is linked to happier and healthier relationships. So I'm curious to know, do you guys use we talk or I talk when you're talking about you guys like we're gonna go back to my apartment or we're gonna go back to our apartment like what do you guys usually say well first of all I think it depends on who whether we're just talking like to each other or talking to other people I've actually I feel like I'm very conscious of the fact that using we talk when you're out in public is really annoying and obnoxious like with people you've never met before like that don't even know if you're married I do I kind of catch myself doing that yeah it's hard we Oh, you it's don't know who f- we is. That's right. It's like you fall you fall into it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know. But I ca- I remember I remember consciously when I was dating, if I wanted to project like I was serious about someone, phrasing things more with we. I, it was like a, it's a good signal to someone. I feel like people pick up on it. Yeah, I I agree too. And sometimes I find myself accidentally saying I like. Oh, this, uh, welcome to my apartment or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, our apartment. <laughs> and I feel like, I actually feel like more like a jerk when I say my mm. instead of the we. But uh, this is what they say. They say that we talk is helpful for resolving conflicts. Using we and us is even beneficial when someone's partner isn't physically present, apparently. Additionally, the frequent use of we talk appears to benefit the person speaking, but has an even bigger impact on someone's partner hearing their union referred to collectively as us. So it makes your partner feel very special. Um, but here's the one thing they couldn't figure out with the study. They said it's there's like a ch- a chicken or the egg aspect to we talk. So does we talk make romantic couples happier, or do happy couples tend to use more we talk? That's, what, what do you think, Angela? Hmm. I mean, I sometimes I I consider myself to be in a happy relationship. However, sometimes like I'll hear Ian on the phone with his dad and be like, "Oh, I'm going here. I'm going there," and I'm like, "Wait, we are doing it together." So I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the The researchers said that it's likely a bit of both. Hearing yourself or your partner say these words could shift individuals' way of thinking to be more interdependent, which could lead to a healthier relationship. However, it could also be the case that because the relationship's healthy, the partners are already using we talk. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We uh, boom. don't know. <laughs> uh, on that note, it is time to jump into our mailbox. But first, we're going to take a quick sponsor break. 
We would like to thank our sponsor, Quip. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. And this is another sponsor that I was using before they became a sponsor on our podcast, which I love because it means I genuinely really like the product because I had found them on my own and, you know. I I always try to say that I try to subscriptionize my life just to make my life easier. And toothbrushes make so much sense because there's something you use regularly. You use it twice a day. So they're, you're, you know, you know when you're going to need a new one, you know, and they, they send it right to you. It's fantastic. And they're also really beautiful. So I like having them out. You know, if you accidentally leave your toothbrush out, I don't mind because it's pretty. Yeah, I never thought I would get compliments on a toothbrush, but people compliment my Quip toothbrush all the time. It's a first for me. It's pretty amazing. We got the same color. We got the copper rose goldy color. Yeah, it's it's very on trend, you know, rose gold, very in right now. Uh, other cool things about my Quip toothbrush, there's a sensitive sonic vibration that uh, pulses through the whole thing. It's gentle enough on your sensitive gums. Why is that important? Because people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. It also has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. I haven't gotten cavities, knock on wood, since I started using Quip. True story. Uh, Guys, that's why we love Quip, and it's why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash single, you will get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash single. We would like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin supplement packs right to your door. I love Care Of because it makes my life so much easier. I don't have to open a bunch of bottles. If I'm traveling, I just throw a few packs. And, you know, it's important to get your vitamins, isn't it, Angela? It is. And if you're like me, you might not know, like, what kind of vitamins you need specifically. And that's why I like that Care Of tells you with their online quiz. Yes, they've got that online quiz. They ask you a bunch of questions uh, about your like diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. It only takes five minutes, and then you're going to find out what you need. Like I found out that I needed calcium because I stopped drinking milk. And you know, also we've got a lot of listeners, Angela, that uh, that write in that are in college or they're in high school, and right now they might be going back to school. Back to school time means that you're always on the go. You're you're shuffling between all your your after school activities, and you might not have as much time to devote to staying healthy. So care of can make taking care of yourself this autumn really easy with their personalized vitamin and supplement packs that make it perfect, you know? You got to give your immune system that little extra love. Yeah, don't, don't get run down. No, don't do it. Winter is coming. And not <laughs> As just, they say. And not just on Game of Thrones. So students and grown-ups alike, your vitamins will get delivered super easily right to your door in personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs, perfect for a busy on-the-go lifestyle. Your monthly, monthly subscription box can be easily modified at any time if your schedule changes. And great news for our vegan and vegetarian friends, their vegan and vegetarian supplement options are available to match your dietary needs. Very, very cool. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter our promo code This Is Why. That's 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit takecareof.com and enter This Is Why. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Jason and Jennifer to help us answer today? Okay, first up, we have an email from an anonymous listener. They write, 
I'm engaged to an amazing guy that I am so excited to marry. So Yay. excited in all caps. Yeah, so she's very excited. Um, I am not having any doubts or second thoughts about spending my life with him. However, I met my fiance because this guy I really liked ghosted me and I decided to try Bumble. Now that I'm happily engaged, my ghost has resurfaced. The worst part is I secretly love that he has realized I'm awesome. And <laughs> of course, that's totally normal. Very um, relatable. And to add to the weirdness, one of my long lost ex-boyfriends has crawled out of the past and started chatting it up with me. One, is this normal? Do your past loves really see you as the one that got away when you're no longer available? And two, does it make me a terrible fiance that I love that they have seen the error of their ways? Hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> I feel like the second answer, the second one is easier to answer. Yeah, absolutely. You are not a terrible fiance because you're... No. Past loves. Enjoy it. Yeah. Be into it. You're awesome. They should have known that you were awesome before. So finally. Yeah. Agreed. Finally they know. Sweet. Good for you. Yeah. The first one, do they come did they come out for did you hear? Well, we I mean, we're a little challenging because we have so few exes because we both came out of really long relationships. Well, there but, was that guy that I dated. Um uh-huh. the <laughs> The long-haired Asian vegan. Yes, the long-haired Asian <laughs> vegan. I haven't heard that in so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the long-haired Asian vegan. Um, he resurfaced in a New Yorker story recently. He did? Really? Yes. I missed that. Um, however, he kept sending me things. Wait, what do you, wait, hold up. What do you mean he resurfaced <laughs> in a New Yorker? We're not going to buzz right past that. Well, because didn't didn't he end up doing, um, didn't he end up like being on those, those activist uh, ships that go and ram boats that, Oh, that or whatever. Whales. Yeah. Oh, him yeah. and my sister should start dating. My sister's a big <laughs> vegan activist. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Be careful if you watch her Instagram stories. They'll be like, they might, you'll they be watching like pigs being slaughtered. Oh, sounds great. Horrifying. Oh, yeah. But uh, it, maybe it, they're it will, hanging out. It the will same horrify boat. you so much that you will stop eating meat. Well, we've anyway, we've got a long-haired Asian vegan for her. Great. <laughs> Look it up. Um, She's a great catch. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, and th- this was like, you know, a while, like we were dating and it had been many, many months, like since I had stopped dating him. And like he kept saying, he sent flowers. Like we actually still have the vase that he sent like flowers, you know, like you can spend a lot more money and like get the fancy vase delivered. And, oh yeah. For um, that extra $15, that shows you really care. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it's a nice vase. So we've actually had it on display in our, in, our, in two different wait, apartments. Wait. Don't Is waste the vase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like blue and white. It kind of has a Dutch look. Oh, to it. not the clear vase, not those basic clear vases. No, no, it's it was it's like the a nice fancy like, one, like artistic what? vase. It's like a remember me vase. <laughs> oh, he liked you. So did that make you feel good? Like like our listener, were you like, mm, still got it? He's sending me vases. I was really unco- no, I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, but I was like, "This is a nice face, and it's not every day that you just get a nice face delivered into your lap." So I'm gonna keep it and just try to pretend that it didn't come from him. <laughs> can, can I float a theory that may or may not be true, but you can react to it? Uh, what if exes reach out when they see that you're engaged because now they know, like, there can be no miscommunication. Like, maybe they just wanted to reach out because they think you're cool, or they wanted to like they like you know you played a part in their life and you're special and they wanted to like open some line of communication but they always feared that if they did that you would wonder like oh they tried to get back together with me or little but now that you're engaged that door is shut presumably and presumably just, if you're a good person yeah and they just want to they they like they're like now it's safe now it's safe you to know i 
I'm on board with this hypothesis. Maybe, but I feel like that's a selfish way of thinking. Because like... Especially if you ghosted someone, it's like, if you also... The only problem I have is with the ghoster that resurfaced. I buy that for the, what was it? Like the her, ex. The ex. Yeah. Like the ex was like, okay, she's not going to misconstrue this. But like the ghoster, you were just a jerk. Because like ghosters are just jerks. You should at least give someone the benefit of the doubt to be like, I'm not that into you. I'm getting back with someone else. Like I, we had fun. There was no chemistry, blah, blah, blah. But like to be a ghoster to resurface, it's like, all right. Mr. Submariner, go back under the water. <laughs> <laughs> when you got engaged, Laura, did you have this happen to you at all? Mm, no, not really. I had always like, I mean, I was with Nick for five years before we got engaged. So it was pretty clear that like, that like, if you reach out to me, like that door shut, <laughs> you know, like, like the door shut. I'm in a very happy, committed relationship and I'm like living with the person. Uh, so I had like, I think already opened the doors with exes where things were cool with us and right. it wasn't. It wasn't weird, like, oh, does does he want to get back with her, and does she want to get back with him? It was like, no, we're just being like friendly, professional adults at that point. Maybe, maybe like before, I had maybe like moved in with Nick or something. They w- it would it could have been construed differently, but uh, yeah, I don't think being engaged really changed it for oh. me. What about you? Well. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I always forget. We have, I, keep, I always forget you're you're not engaged. This is just like that scene in Bridesmaids when she's like, "I'm married. You're not married." No, sorry. For like the last, Angel's so close to getting engaged, and we've been talking. And you could tell she's serious by the tears rolling down her eyes <laughs> and laughter. So she's so close. Like they've like looked at rings. They've looked at, at stones and. It's been like a long running thing on the podcast <laughs> and every week we get we get our listeners writing in to ask if it happened. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's just good clean fun, guys. It's been <laughs> No, no I, I honestly No one's no, confused this week. For a second I thought it had happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe by the time this airs this will be even more hilarious. What date is it, Eric? Okay, is he going to propose before October 17th? No. <laughs> okay, so... All right, what else do we got in the mailbox? All right. Yeah, well, to answer our listeners' first question, you're just very special. You have the Kavorka, as they say. Yeah. Um, all right, second listener, also anonymous, they write... I started seeing one of my coworkers and we went into it with no expectations, but ended up having a really good relationship where we hung out and had fun together, but also were sleeping together. What made it complicated was that I was actually moving out of state in three months for when we started hanging out. Uh, I developed some feelings and even he admitted he didn't expect for things to get to the place that it did. Anyway, I moved away and he said he would keep in touch and he has... Now, two months later, I'm deciding to move back and have mixed feelings about how to handle our situation. I know from his past, he has cheated a lot, and he's very honest and open about that. We have so... <laughs> just be- it's just, good he's just, open about it. Just to pause, just because you're like <laughs> open and honest. Like I don't even think the word honest can be thrown around when you're talking about cheating. Like That's great you're open about it. That still doesn't make you a good person. You're like, so I robbed that bank, but I'm kind right, of clear but- about it. Like You still robbed a bank. I actually have a friend who just went on a date and on the first date, he was like, yeah, I cheated on all my exes. And he also showed up high and an hour late. Uh, they did not see each oh, other yeah, again. That's a, that's a winner. <laughs> Sidetrack. Back to this listener. Um, she says, we have so much fun together. Just talking and the sex part is great, but I'm scared to get hurt. 
before or an STI. Yeah. Uh, before, <laughs> since I knew I was leaving, it was easy to not get too attached. But I know he'll want to continue seeing me, and I'll develop some feelings. We never established anything since I was leaving, but he did assume. Uh, I'm sorry, assure me that I wasn't just a plaything, but a person who he really enjoyed being around and thought was great. Going back, I'm not sure what kind of conversation to have or if one needs to be initiated. Should I go with the flow since I'm not sure I want a relationship anyway or at least talk so he knows how I'm feeling and it can maybe be avoided? Um, Or should I even just move on since he does have a questionable relationship history and hasn't told me how he personally has felt at all? One other thing, also, my ex-boyfriend works at the same place and got really passive-aggressive when rumors flew that me and this guy were hanging out. I'm still good friends with my ex, and if I do come back and continue with this guy, I'm not sure whether it's an explanation I owe my ex. Okay. What a mess. Yeah, I know. This is this really pl- complicated. Seems like a great place to work, though. <laughs> so wait, she's coming back and she's resuming her old job? Like, they're yeah. all going to be in the office together? Oh, yeah. Together? I, wait, was that covered? I don't um, know what know she's what? coming back for. She is coming back. She I'm assuming that they must. Right? I think because so. She, she's like, we all work together. Based on the, the context clues here. Yeah. Let's assume she's coming back to that job. Okay. Terrible. Don't idea. come back to that job. Terrible idea. <laughs> every part of it is terrible. I don't feel like every part of that is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right? You want to say it again, Jason? Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you're. I feel there's no way to win. First of all, that whole question, which went on for 10 minutes, was like, it felt like it felt to me like it was uh, there. There was uh, I know, I one feel like important fact. We always tell our listeners like keep your things short, but then we keep reading these long ass ones. <laughs> we're like, yeah, uh, you know, you need all the details. No, you, you don't. Do every need, no, you don't. Every single listeners, one. stop writing in stuff that's that long. No, you actually, you know what? Can we let's let's talk, psychoanalyze this for a second because I feel like the reason that question is super super long is because if you distilled it down, it would be this. I've been seeing a guy who cheated on a lot of people in the past. Should I keep seeing him? Like, but you, the answer to that is so obvious. But you're making so excuses obvious. by like, right. all right. this, like... That's why the rest of that's why the question fluff. is so long. Right. right, and also saying that she's not sure if she wants to be in a relationship. Like, is that really true? Or are you saying that to protect yourself, possibly, in case things go south? Totally again? agree. And Which like, happens a lot. And she needs to figure out what she wants. Like, I can't answer your question if you don't even know what you want. You don't know if you want a relationship. If you do, then this is definitely not the guy for you if you want like a fuck buddy then sure maybe keep hooking up with him do you owe your ex an explanation uh no no right Right? do you guys agree yeah no you don't owe him an explanation though if you are friends with him that's you're just signing up for a whole lot of trouble like that's just that's going to go on and on and on and on whatever friendship that is is going to get more complicated than it already is Mm -hmm. i think i mean my view in 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 all in all things romance like just get clarification if if you think you want to date this guy then he needs to articulate what he wants and if he cannot articulate what he wants and what he's up for then leave it alone like I'm not willing to say 100% like don't go for it because you know who, who knows but but if but if you even get like a whiff of hesitation or you know just uncertainty from him walk away walk right away Agreed. I think she shouldn't move back. 
just make it simple. Stay, stay right where stay, you are. Stay in South Dakota where the dates are cheap. Yep. <laughs> I think that, that, that would be the best. Uh, well, we hope that's helpful. Let us know what happens. If any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any funny messages that you want to share, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Please be concise. Not this long. I promise that's the last time we're reading one that long. Uh, you can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is ABC. Always be communicating. So often we find that the answer to our listener questions is find a better way to communicate, right? Uh, which we thought was a, was a good reason to pick this week because in your book, the people are, are communicating about sex, but like, I guess what you call it, it's not even like passive aggressive. They're doing it publicly. It's a, it's a different type of communication. W- would you say that, Angela? Uh, yeah, but still the message is coming across. Yeah, <laughs> it's still <laughs> uh, it, the, the new. Yeah, it is all about open communication. So why do you think so many people struggle with communication when it comes to dating and sex? Mm. Yeah. I, I think, well, I think that it's hard to to say what you really mean because of embarrassment, um, maybe because you don't know what you want. But I think I think embarrassment actually yeah. is like the primary the primary thing. Um, yeah, I mean, to explain to share what you want is to really open yourself up. Like you have to make yourself vulnerable to explain what it is that you want. And people aren't often willing to do that. And so they don't share what they want, and then they're not getting what they want, and then they're resentful that they're not getting what they want, and then the whole thing spirals downward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do do you guys have any tips for, like, better communicating, specifically in the bedroom, since now that's your expertise in your novel? Definitely. Well, so I would say number one tip for better communication in the bedroom is to actually not have the talk about what you want sexually in the bedroom. Um, it's you know it's it's really good actually to we found like to create some distance between when you're actually you know having sex, hooking up with someone, um, and then you know if you step away, it doesn't feel as immediate as personal. Um, people's feelings are a lot less likely to be hurt. Like even like washing the dishes is a great time to talk about sex because for one thing, you don't necessarily have to look at the person, which like, you know, increases the embarrassment level, but but you can you can kind of do it in a neutral way, in a neutral space. Now you understand why I like washing the dishes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that, I, that's right. And it, so my big challenge with talking about sex has always been the abruptness of starting the conversation. Like it feels like, when do you start it? Do you, like I'm washing the dishes and then I'm like, so, blowjobs, right? Like, when do you do that? It's very awkward. So, I have uh, this book for us was a really great opening because it constantly created a moment to talk about sex. So, and if you listeners, don't have that, just write a book. Yeah, no, <laughs> with your, your podcast. I think that your podcast or anything like it, where if if two people, if a if a partnership can both engage in something at the same time, if they're both listening to the same show, watching the same thing, whatever, reading the same book, like Mr. Nice Guy, you can you can have this opening where there's a natural, you start talking about the thing and then maybe whatever they talked about on the show and then you transfer it into your own lives. Like you need that, sometimes just people need that prompt and you should look for and take that prompt. 
I think that is a great idea. Yeah, this and episode would be the perfect prompt, actually. Yeah, just like that's what we said. You know, it's funny that you said don't do it while you're in the bedroom because last week we had a sex therapist, Jessa Zimmerman, on, and that was also her advice. She was like, if you're going to give like critique or feedback about sex, just like wait till it's done. Like, don't do it when you're still in the bedroom. You know, find like a separate time because it could come off maybe too critique Yeah. Yeah. She, she said it, you know, more. You're pretty vulnerable in that moment. Yes. So you don't want to be like hearing, I have some notes. Right. Yeah, it definitely right. kills the mood. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, the, the, the more you can make the person feel like you are letting them into something rather than being on the defensive, do that. I feel like there's, there's two ways to tell somebody you want something. Like way number one, which is what the characters in our book do most of the time, is like, you suck at this. Right? That's a terrible way to do it. Uh, a better way is, hey, I really like this. And it would be awesome if you could do this a little bit more. Right? Like you're guiding them towards something. And everybody wants to know how to please their partner. And if you don't tell them how to please you, they're just going to be guessing. So don't don't leave them to guess. I like that. Positive reinforcement is always a great place to start. And on that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. So like we always say, communication is key. That's true in marriages and working relationships. So when you're married and working together, you better step up your communication skills. We're going to learn from the best when we have Jason and Jennifer match the quotes about co-working to the celebrity couple in a game we call You, you better, better Work, work together. together. Are you ready to play? Oh, my God. I'm terrible <laughs> with celebrities. We're going to give clues for sure. Yeah. So we're going to give, we're going to read a quote and then you have to guess the celebrity and like the, the, the celebrity, celebrity couple. Cu- celebrity couple. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, I love working with him, but. <laughs> no, that was really good. <laughs> that was good. But it's not <laughs> She's practically some, giving it away. Right but it's now. not something we want to do every year or every couple years once in a while. Uh, okay, what, I really what, hope I mean, you're not referring to Melania. I mean, that's what I was oh, going to go with, but that quote didn't seem to make just, any sense. Just yeah. know that I'm terrible at accents, and if this, these at all come across offensive, it's not meant to be. <laughs> I'm trying my best at acting, which... <laughs> I yeah. thought that was pretty good. Thanks. Um, uh, should so we, sh- sh- we should sh- say the project maybe that they work together in. Loving Pablo. Jen? Um, Salma Hayek? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Her best friend, though. Oh, Penelope Cruz. Yes, who was talking about Javier Bardem. Oh. Yeah. Um. So close, very close. Okay. Next, next quote. Uh, I can't look at him and not be like, "What are you doing?" No, it's weird in a scene with him. I was like, "Oh, I see you acting. Like I can catch it." And he looked at me, and I was like, "What's that face you make?" And I was like, "We can't do this. We can't be together in a scene." Melania Trump? <laughs> no? So, okay. So he played, so this is a girl. Yes. But she's talking about, he played Steve Jobs in the first, like, really bad Steve Jobs movie. And Ashton Kutcher? Yes. So Mila? Is he still dating Mila Kunis? Yeah. They're, and they have a kid. They're, like, happily married. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was a weird clue. But I thought, I thought you know, if I'm going to give a clue, I'll give a weird clue. They got it, though. Uh, all right. I next this is a this is a male. Okay. Um so not Melania Trump. Not Melania Trump. And he <laughs> he was on the office. I never have loved my wife more than after we did this movie. For me, it was a trust thing. We trust each other in day to day like life for sure. But when you trust each other in this way, it's different. John Krasinski? 
Yes. Yep. About, I did a celebrity thing. About directing and acting with Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place. Uh, okay. This next one kind of has a hint in the quote because it has the name of uh, his wife. Okay. okay. Last year when I directed my first episode and directed Carrie for the first time, she was pregnant. So I was very cautious in my approach. And I mean that purely physically. Uh, so she used to have she used to be known for her very curly long hair back in like the 90s oh when she was on a TV show Jason we are watching their show right now possibly what I think yes you got it you got it we're on season 5 right now the Americans oh no that was the name of her character Elizabeth whatever you guys got it you got it oh Carrie Russell Carrie Russell that's right that's her actual name but that was Mm -hmm. Matthew Reese talking yes, about her on directing and acting with his wife. oh you have to do it in a oh yeah a in a welsh, welsh accent. accent oh yeah i'm not laura <laughs> <laughs> uh all right next up we've got um vampire is your clue mm. there are moments when i'll be watching the monitor and say oh joe just move your hands up towards anna's breasts and can you be and can you move your thumb just a little bit toward her nipple great Melania and this Trump? is this is <laughs> this is about this is about a guy talking about uh, directing his his partner and like telling another man another man to 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 be sexual to, with to, her to do the breast wife. Yeah. Um, vampire. What do you know about vampires? TV show. Yeah. Well, HBO vampire. Right, 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 right. Um, Anna Paquin. Right, is the Anna in question? Yes. But I don't know who. Stephen Moyer. Yes. I don't even know who that is. I guess that was, I, ga- that I ga- was Bill. I gave Bill. it to you since you did say you got the the Anna Paquin part, but but Stephen Moyer was was the guy. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we okay. got one last one. final one. Yeah, and this let- is a music power couple. Yes, the the biggest you can get. Okay. Okay. Jay and I stay a team right now. We are really connected and really are communicating and completely understand each other and support each other. Oh, well, I feel like I actually know this one. <laughs> Go for it, prompting. Beyonce? Yes! Yay! You got it. <laughs> you did killed it. Killed it. Killed it. Wow. I feel triumphant. Very good. Uh, fantastic. I would say you did better than you thought. I did. You we're going to do. I yeah. Because feel, feel really we're old good about and that. we have a toddler. So yeah. it's like we don't know anything. Pop culture is passing me by. Us. We. <laughs> You know, uh, I just, I you're a happy talk. No, talk. passing you by. Passing me by. I, I know we more. talk would have been bad there. Yeah. <laughs> I talk. Uh, you, you know who Beyonce is, so yes. you're not totally on planet Mars. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> uh, we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guests, Jason Pfeiffer and Jennifer Miller. Their novel, Mr. Nice Guy, just came out this week. Pick up a copy on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Any other plugs? Where else can people find you guys? Uh, well, you can go to MrNiceGuyNovel.com. Yeah, Jason? where you see all sorts of stuff. And uh, find us on, well, find me on social. Jen doesn't do social. A little bit. A little social. I do more social. At Hey Pfeiffer, at H-E-Y-F-E-I-F-E-R. And, um, you know, tell us, uh, tell, I don't know. Tell, tell us what you think of the book. Tell and, us what you think and of the book. And if you read it with your significant other and whether it allowed you to talk about sex while you're doing the dishes. 
and um, yes. what on earth people are doing in South Dakota that dates are so cheap. I really want to know that. Yeah, I want to know that too. Yeah, CCS on that. Um, when you're, you know, also plug for ourselves, check out our book available on Amazon, Barnes Noble. We've got our audiobook on Audible. Buy them together. I think they would be Ooh. fantastic yeah. things to get together. Good, Good idea. idea. Um, but yeah, check out Mr. Nice Guy. It's a great book. I've got it right here next to me. Um, and also, yeah. Get hooked up on discounts from all of our sponsors. Yes. And for a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social ourselves. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show. My personal is at Sparadactyl. And I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Insta. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. That was a HeadGum Podcast.